Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Sober Fix. Thank you so much for listening in. And um, I wanted to make one more episode before 4th of July. I think uh, it's always an interesting time, holidays, you know, especially in the beginning of recovery. I know for me, I spent my first uh, 4th of July in treatment. You know, I was in a... um, I was in a safe place around supportive people, you know, that had the same goal in mind. And, um, and I've always typically done good in kind of controlled environments. You know, I don't have, uh, I don't seem to have as much temptation for whatever reason. Maybe it's just cause I know that, um, you know, I can't just leave whenever I want to. And maybe that makes it a little bit easier to deal with. I'm not sure, but, um, I do know that after getting out of treatment and all of a sudden I am free to go wherever I want, you know, and, um, and holidays are coming up, you know, and I never needed a, and I never needed an excuse or a holiday to start drinking because I was always drinking, you know, it didn't, um, no matter how I felt or what day of the week it was or holiday, no holiday work, no work, you name it. I was always drinking, you know, but, um, but 4th of July, is a, it's a big holiday, you know, and a lot of uh, people that aren't alcoholics, they love to um, get together, family, friends, barbecue, fireworks, you know, it's, uh, it's just a good time and a lot and it's a very, um, you know, it's a, it's a big drinking holiday. It, it just is, you know, and, um, and it's kind of interesting nav- navigating that, you know, in the beginning. Um, I remember thinking when I first got sober, uh, I always had anxiety over situations like this, you know, Oh, this holiday's coming up. Like, um, I, I always drink on the holidays, you know, it's a fourth of July is four, right. You know, uh, we all get together, we barbecue, eat good food and we get to drink good beer and whatever, you know? And, um, and it's kind of weird in the beginning when you all of a sudden, uh, are trying to stay sober, you know, and it's like, um, well, should I go to this? Like, what am I going to do? Is it going to be weird? Is everyone going to be like, um, looking at me and asking me why I'm not drinking, you know, what's going on, you know, I I would build up this huge thing in my head, you know, and um, in reality, most of the people that were drinking, like, they weren't even noticing me not drinking, you know, and if they did, oftentimes, they were really supportive, you know, and I just kept it short, I didn't say, uh, oh, I'm not drinking tonight, because um, after a couple beers, I test positive for heroin, you know, I wouldn't give them the whole story, I would just let them know, I'm not drinking tonight, you know, and, uh, most people are thinking about themselves and having a good time and they're not as concerned um, with me not drinking as I build it up to be in my head, you know, but, um, but it can be a hard time, you know, and there's a lot of firsts we have to do in recovery and um, the holidays are a big one, you know, and uh, it can be weird. It can be awkward. It can be sometimes uncomfortable um, trying to figure out how to navigate the situation. You know, I know for me, it was always easier if I had uh you know, someone with me that, um, that was not drinking, you know, if possible, it's just someone that, um, while everyone's taking shots or whatever, you'd someone that you could just sit there talking to, you know, um, helps to not feel, um, you know, apart from, or, uh, helps to have someone to talk to so that, um, you're not feeling like you're missing out on something, you know, it's, uh, I feel like there's just no way around it, though, like um, other than getting through it, 
you know, that we have to get through some holidays sober that are going to feel different and are going to, there's going to be, um, it's going to be a little bit awkward. You know, it's just the reality of how it is. I will say this though, uh, when you get through it and the next day, you know, and you made it through a holiday sober and everyone else is waking up hungover, whatever, and you're waking up feeling good. And you have that one, you know, under your belt to where you can say, you know what, I made it through 4th of July, clean and sober, you know. And maybe I didn't have a ton of fun, like I felt like I used to, but um, but at least I'm waking up feeling good, you know, and at least uh, I made the right decision. And at least I didn't um, make a decision that was going to ruin my life and, and potentially kill me in the end, you know, so... I hope everyone has a good holiday. I hope that you are able to get it, get through it safe. You know, um, I hope that you're able to stay sober. I hope that, um, I hope that you recognize like maybe when it's time to leave, you know, I know for me, there's a certain point that, um, at a lot of these heart, uh, holidays and parties to where, you know, the first couple hours is all fun and games and people are just talkative and, and, starting to drink and this and that um i typically in the beginning would leave when it kind of crossed that line to where people aren't just like talking and kind of buzzed like now they're like pretty hammered you know um that was typically the point that i would leave you know because um normally by then i i remember in the beginning i would just get kind of frustrated you know talking to people that were wasted and and i couldn't drink you know and um so I think it's just important going into a situation like that is just um, just knowing that uh, at what point are you going to leave? You know, when is um, when is it uh, too uncomfortable? You know, when uh, when am I really putting myself at risk? You know, and for me, it was when uh, it the vibe of the place kind of changes and, and now people are just getting really wasted. You know, that's typically my exit route. I'm also always trying to look for like, um, where am I at in my head? You know, is drinking starting to sound like a good idea? You know, um, have I got to the point where I feel like I'm missing out on this uh, and feel so uncomfortable that like I'm willing to just say, screw it and take a drink, you know? Because um, if I'm getting close to that, it's time for me to leave as well, you know? And uh, I think those red flags are different for everyone, you know? And um, I think it takes time to realize the red flags that are unique to you. Because I know like we can go online right now and search, you know, red flags for relapse or whatever, you know, and you'll get the basic stuff. But um, I think at the end of the day, it's different for everyone. And that's part of this journey is just uh, discovering uh, what your personal red flags are, you know, what you're willing to put up with and what you're not willing to put up with, uh, how much risk you're willing to take, you know, and, um, and just getting a better understanding of, uh, of where you're at mentally, you know, where your gratitude's at, you know, are you starting to feel super ungrateful? Are you starting to feel like, um, you can't have fun anymore, you know, that, uh, are you trying to like fit into where you need to take a drink? You know, I think it's just important to look at all this stuff and, and just remember, give yourself a break. You know, it's not easy. You know, if, if you make it through at the end of the day and you wake up sober, like, um, and, and maybe you, you know, you weren't the most social person and maybe you did, 
weren't in the best mood, whatever the case is, cut yourself a break. You know, at least you made it through it, you know, and that's going to start giving you momentum. If you can make it through one holiday, you can make it through the second, you know, and um, as time goes on, you will realize that um, it's not as big of a deal as it seems in the beginning. You know, I'm able to to take part in, in holidays now with family and friends and, um, and they drink and I don't. And it's been like that for a few years. And, um, they don't ask me why I'm not drinking anymore, you know, stuff like that. Most people know by now, um, that I'm close to, and I found that people are supportive, you know, and, um, you know, I'm not that important that um, if I'm not drinking a beer, every single person there is going to be asking why, you know, it's just uh, maybe in my own head, but not in reality, you know. So I wanted to cover, this was the Just for Today from yesterday from the NA book. And it is about complacency i thought this was a good one i could relate to it a lot and it's uh starts off out of the na basic text on page 84 it says complacency is the enemy of members with substantial clean time if we remain complacent for long the recovery process ceases And I love how it talks about the enemy of members with substantial clean time, you know, because just because people have years, you know, just because people have a lot of uh, sober and clean time, you know, they could have a lot of time and, um, and could have gotten complacent, you know, could have stopped doing a lot of the work that got them sober, you know, and, uh, and can run into problems just as easily as someone that is, uh, that's new, you know, that's what I've come to find out. Like, um, just because I have a few years, I mean, that that's all it is, is a few years of, of experience, you know, but, um, I am no more immune from, uh, from the addiction coming right back. If I take another drink, you know, like I haven't, um, I could easily get complacent. It's easy to get complacent at this point because things have been going pretty smooth. You know, that's, um, that's just the way it is. And I, and I have to accept that. And I, I looked up a definition for it cause I want to just get a uh, better understanding of complacency. I've, uh, I've heard that word thrown around a lot. I heard it at, um, at rehab and I've heard it at work before in school, you know, so I had an idea of what it was. I knew it was kind of like, starting to coast or whatever and kind of slacking a little bit but um i found one that i thought was good for recovery it says marked by self-satisfaction especially when accompanied by unawareness of actual dangers or deficiencies Marked by self-satisfaction, especially when accompanied by unawareness of actual dangers or deficiencies. And I could really relate to this, you know, the two part. First, the marked by self-satisfaction, because I'm normally satisfied when I'm starting to get complacent because I'm I'm happy with stuff, you know. I've dealt with a lot of the... uh, the past i've accepted the fact that i cannot drink or use i've made some amends i've uh i've cleared up you know some of those failed relationships i have 
worked towards changing and, and having different actions and behaviors and trying to be more compassionate towards other people and trying to work with newer people and and things feel pretty good you know I, i've dealt with a lot of the uh, the painful stuff and it's not like every day is just amazing now it's not the case you know but um but it's easy for me to feel self-satisfaction, you know, because I don't have as many problems going on on a day-to-day basis like I did before, you know, and I think that's how it, it creeps in. So I could relate to the self-satisfaction part. And then the second part, especially when accompanied by unawareness of actual dangers or deficiencies. And I think this, I think it's just so well said and really pertains to addiction because when I'm so satisfied with everything going on with me, that all of a sudden I become unaware of actual dangers or deficiencies. All of a sudden, I'm forgetting that this is a, uh, a life and death thing going on you know i am uh i'm forgetting that uh, that i overdosed and barely made it i for i'm forgetting that my life was just in ruin i'm forgetting that every area of it was just smashed to the ground i'm forgetting how painful it was how lonely it was you know just wishing that i could do anything other than pick up another drink or go get high again you know like wishing that um that I could get through a detox, you know, wishing I had the motivation to do some work in recovery to stay sober, you know, like, um, as time goes on a little bit, it's like, I'm further away from that last drink. And I forget all the pain and suffering that AA book talks about it. It says, uh, how quickly we forget the humiliation and suffering of a week of a, I think it's a month or even a week ago, you know, it's um it's crazy how quickly i can forget in a week or a month ago how bad it was let alone a few years you know and all of a sudden i'm forgetting that um i'm forgetting that i need to go to these meetings and there's a lot of things i need to do on a daily weekly basis so that i could stay alive you know i, I forget that i'm one drink away from just everything going down the drain you know, and um, and I forget the actual danger that uh, that I've come out of. You know, I forget the hell that I have come out of, and uh, and that's a dangerous place for me to be. You know, I, I want to go into the reading here. It says, after the first couple of years in recovery, most of us start to feel like there are no more big deals. If we've been diligent in working the steps, the past is largely resolved and we have a solid foundation on which to build our future. We've learned to take life pretty much as it comes. Familiarity with the steps allows us to resolve problems almost as quickly as they arise. And I can totally relate to this. It's like um, in the beginning, everything was a big deal. You know, everything, because my emotions were so up and down, it's like any disappointments, anything I did wrong, any changes in my program just seemed like the worst thing ever. You know, I, I spent so many years living my life in black and white. You know, everything was either amazing or it was totally terrible, you know, and um 
as I was diligent in working the steps, it's like the past is largely resolved. You know, I don't, um, I'm not happy I spent years in addiction. I'm not, uh, you know, it was rough. It was hard. It was, um, it was very disappointing to be stuck in that state for so many years, you know, and I used to just regret it so much. You know, I used to think about, um, just all of the missed opportunities and just, you know, the way I acted and how I was just a shitty friend and just, um, shitty son, brother. Yeah. I mean, you name it, just every area of my life just failing, you know? And, and by this point, after going through a lot of the work, I've come to terms with that. You know, I realize now that like I was sick, you know, I used to, um, I used to judge my overall character of who I, who I am as a person by like what I was doing in my addiction, you know, and I've come to find it. And I used to look for like, um, I used to try and understand it. Like, how could I do that? How could I make that decision? How could I be such an asshole? You know, like how, and I would look back on it and it, it just wasn't who I am today. You know, it's not the type of person I was, some of the things I was doing. And I, and I realize now that like the only way I can just even sum a lot of it up is like, I was just super sick, you know? And that's not saying that like I get a pass for everything I did and I don't need to take responsibility for that. No, I have to take responsibility for everything, you know, but I have to understand that a lot of the reason why I was doing this, like I don't need to go search for these huge meanings and all of this. Like I need to understand, like I was sick, you know, and if someone had wronged me in the past and they were drinking and using, and I can't figure out why they would act that way or, or how they could be so rude and stuff like that. It's like they were sick too. You know, I, I just have to understand that, that like I was not in my right head, you know, it's not a, um, my actions in the past are not a measure of my character today. You know, they just aren't. I also love that it talks about being able to resolve problems almost as quickly as they arise. That reminds me of step 10. Just the daily inventory, you know, and um, I try and not go to bed anymore with a lingering issue that could be solved in just a quick chat with someone or a quick apology or whatever, you know, or a quick talk with me admitting I was wrong, you know. Um, I, I just don't like any of that lingering stuff anymore. You know, I dealt with that for a lot of years. And now if, um, if I recognize that, um, that I did something wrong, you know, which happens all the time, you know, like I've got to understand that, like, uh, just cause I'm sober doesn't mean I'm going to act like amazing all the time. Like that's just, that's just human nature. It's just the way it is. Everyone fucks up. Everyone ends up getting angry at times. Everyone says stupid things they don't mean. Doesn't mean I can continue to do it, you know, but, um, but I've got to be able to recognize like when it's wrong and, and be able to at least attempt to clear that up, you know, and at least take ownership of it. I want to continue on to the next part. It says, once we continue this level of comfort, we may tend to treat it as a rest stop on the recovery path. Doing so, however, discounts the nature of our disease. I've done this before. 
I've hit a rest stop. You know, I remember thinking that, um, hey, I went to a ton of meetings this week. I was like on fire. I was of service. I was doing this. I was in my like recovery reading. I was like praying, meditating, blah, blah, blah. Like I'm good for a while, you know, like, um, you know, I had a commitment for three months, you know, I was showing up there like every day. Like, I think I'm good for a while. You know, I think I've earned a little break. You know what I mean? Like, um, or just the thinking of like, Hey man, like I just did all my steps. Like that was, you know, that took some work that took some, uh, some soul searching, you know, that took some guts to go to people and make amends. Like now that I'm done with that, like I've earned a little bit of time off, you know, and this is the thing. Um, we just don't get to the destination, you know, there's never a destination in recovery, like where, where we earned like time to just coast, you know, and I think this is one of the, for me, it was one of the hardest things to accept, you know, like, um, I just, I don't think that's an easy thing to accept that like, Hey, like not only are you an alcoholic, not only do you drink and use like differently from your fellows, but like, but you're always going to have this, you know, like there is always going to be work that you need to do to stay sober. Like always, like, you know, and I hear that in the beginning, it's like, well, what do you mean? Like, I'll be good. You know, after five, 10 years, you know, like working hard, like being sober, you know, like at, at some point, like you're good, right? Like, come on, like you move on with your life, this and that. And um, it's just not true, you know, and it's, uh, it took me a while to accept this, you know, it's, um, it's just the reality of my situation. You know, there's other people that, um, there's people that have, uh, you know, diabetes and maybe they have the type where they have to, um, you know, self-administer insulin, you know, and, um, and they can't do that right for, you know, a couple weeks and then take a couple weeks off, you know, like they can't like stay consistent and then have the, um, have the opportunity to just coast, you know, like, uh, I've come to find out like in recovery, like, um, you know, my problem is alcoholism addiction. And, and this is my treatment recovery program, 12 step program, whatever it is you're doing to stay sober, like that's our medication, you know, and, and it's not. Um, and it's a daily medication, you know, at least it is for me, you know, and I'm not saying that I do stuff for my recovery all day, every day, you know, that would be bullshit, because it's just not true. You know, like I, I try to, I attempt to do things every day for my recovery, you know, but, it, and it's just what I have to do. Like other people have to have medication for different problems, different diseases, different issues, different mental disorders. I have to have my medication for mine, you know? It's always going to be that way. I never reach a point where I can get off of it, you know, um, just like those that have to inject insulin. They don't ever reach a point where like they can just take the pill. I don't think not that I know of at least, you know, so it's like um, it's just the way it is for me, you know, and uh, and it was hard to accept, but but I had to, you know, I want to continue on here. It says addiction is patient, subtle progressive and incurable. I love the patient and subtle. I've talked about the subtleness of the disease before, but patient, you know, and this makes me think about those kind of gut wrenching shares that you hear from old timers. Normally that come into a meeting 
and they're you know typically very emotional about it and for good reason you know um i've never had as much time as them and gone out but i could only imagine you know and they come in and they talk about uh how after 20 30 years they um they went out you know and and how how quickly the disease just took, just ruined their life. You know, all those years of hard work, all those years of sobriety. It's like, that's how patient the disease is. You know, it can wait decades to get you, you know, just when you think you've moved on, you've been sober enough time and you're beyond it. You know, after 20, 30 years, to then pick up and have it ruin you as if you had never stopped. It's scary. You know, it's, that's very scary. And that's, uh, I try and think about that. I, I think that's one way that I stay out of complacency is like, I, I have to remember what's going to happen, you know, because like at the end of the day, like I could, my life's going good right now. You know, there's a lot of positive things going on, you know, but I can't let up because I, I, I've heard it a million times from people, you know, that have tons of years of sobriety. I only have three years, you know, like that's a lot to me, but it's not a lot to everyone, you know? And, um, and all it takes is me acting like an idiot for a couple weeks and acting selfish and going, working off character defects and maybe hanging around the wrong places or just, um, causing wreckage sober, you know, there's a lot of, and, and next thing you know, it, it decides, sounds good to take a drink, you know, and, and think that something's going to be different or not think anything's going to be different and just, and just want to do it, you know, and, um, and just how quickly I will be right back to the same position going, what the hell happened? You know, how did I do this? You know, and, and I try and picture that. And, and that's why I just continue to try and work hard to stay away from the complacency, to stay away from falling backwards. I want to continue on here. It says it's also fatal. We can die from this disease unless we continue to treat it. And the treatment for addiction is a vital ongoing program of recovery, vital or life sustaining. And it's always ongoing. You know, it's, um, it's something I'm always going to be doing and, and I've got to find ways, at least for me, I try and find ways to, uh, to mix it up a little bit, you know, to, um, to start working with, uh, with newer people, you know, and, and as I'm working with them, it's like all of a sudden I'm like, um, I, I think that's one of the biggest things for me that keeps me out of complacency and helps me keep everything, uh, keeps my recovery fresh is, working with new people because as i'm doing that it's like like they're they're closer to active addiction you know like um the ones that i'm helping don't have as much time than me you know and and sometimes it's it's good just to be reassured that like hey look like um you're not missing out on anything you know like um three years later, there's still people wishing they could get into recovery. You know, there's people wishing they were sober. There's always new people coming in talking about how bad it is out there, you know? And I need to hear that sometimes, you know, because my head after some time will try and convince me that I'm missing out or something, you know? And I know today I, I know that not to be true, you know, but it's like, but working with someone else that's fresh out of it, like it's a constant reminder 
that like, look, it's still so bad out there that like people are still trying to get in, you know? And I've heard people say that, um, it's better to be in a meeting thinking about getting loaded than it is to be in a bar or using thinking about getting sober, you know? And I can really relate to that because at least if you're in the meeting thinking about it, like at least you have a chance, you know, at least you're already sober and like there's a chance that you could go talk to someone or you could uh, do something differently and hold on and get through that night, wake up the next day feeling better and, and continue on, you know, but, um, but when you're in that bar or that house with all the drugs, it's like, I mean, how many years did I sit there saying like, Oh, I'm going to stop tomorrow. I'm gonna, everything was tomorrow. You know, everything was tomorrow. I'll deal with it tomorrow. And then I say the same thing the next day. Next thing you know, years are passing by and things are just getting worse and worse. You know, I want to continue on here. It says the 12 steps are a process, a path we take to stay a step ahead of our disease. Meetings, sponsorship, service, and the steps always remain essential to ongoing recovery. Though we may practice our program somewhat differently with five years clean than with five months, this doesn't mean the program has changed or become less important, only that our practical understanding has changed and grown. Now, I find this interesting because uh, they're talking about a program at five years being different than five months, and I get what they're saying. You know, it evolves and changes. Uh, I will say this, though. There's a lot of things... I'm at three years, so I'll go back to uh, 90 days or three months. There's a lot of things that I was doing in 90 days that I'm just continuing on to do now. You know, I, I got the basic framework due to having a good sponsor and some good direction. I got the basic framework pretty early, you know, and I'm super grateful for that. And I've just continued to do the things that worked for me in the beginning I, I will say that it has changed in that i've taken on a little bit more responsibility you know because when when i was out there you know and i'm going on with my life and i'm you know all i'm concerned about is is getting getting mine getting loaded you know and um and anytime i went online and i looked up a meeting or someone said hey you should go to a meeting anytime i went online and i looked one up you know there was always there was always one that I can go to, you know, because, you know, back in the day, I guess, you know, they didn't have meetings like they do now. They're, it's everywhere. Right. And um, and anytime I've looked one up and gone there, not only has, you know, has there been people there at the door, you know, to greet me and, and greet others, you know, but uh, there's always like coffee, you know, and uh, someone showed up to uh, to make that coffee and, and someone, um, raised their hand to lead that meeting, you know, and, and, um, and put it online so that, uh, people could find it, you know, and people took time out of their busy schedules to be accountable and to make sure that there was a place whose doors were open to people that were really having a hard time and didn't know what to do, you know, and had a place to go. And as time went on, I realized that in order to change my program a little bit, you know, after getting some time and, and having that spiritual awakening and that personality shift and my life starting to change that like, 
you know, now it's my turn. It's my turn to sponsor people. It's my turn to be that person greeting the newcomer. You know, it's, um, it's my turn to have some commitments. It's my turn to, uh, to give back, you know, and, um, and that's how my program has changed. Now I've just taken on a little bit more responsibility, you know, like now, instead of just going to the meeting, maybe I can raise my hand and, uh, and be accountable and lead a meeting, you know, and have to be there each week, you know, and, um, and, and try and be responsible and, and, uh, and make sure that that meeting happens. Right. Just so that, uh, so that newer people have the same experience, you know, and are able when they feel like it to look up a meeting and just to show up. And so that's how my program has changed. You know, I've just, um, just try to take on a little bit more responsibility, you know, and with that, I've been able to meet new people, you know, it's, um, it's kept things strong, you know, and, uh, but I will say that there's a lot of the stuff that I was doing at those 90 days that I do at the just over three years, you know, so I get what they were saying with that statement, but I, I can also say that, um, there's a lot of stuff that I'm just continuing to do. I want to continue on here. It says, to keep our recovery fresh and vital, we need to stay alert for opportunities to practice our program. And I just kind of mentioned it, but a thing I was always taught from the beginning is that uh, if someone asks you to do something for AA, th then you make sure you say yes, you know, and um and that's gotten me out of a funk like so many times, you know, because I may be sitting there, um, you know, kind of battling some depression or whatever, you know, and someone and I walk into a meeting and, you know, I've had a long day and, and sometimes I just want to go in there and kind of zone out a little bit. You know, it's just that's just how it is sometimes. And someone asked me to uh, to lead the meeting or to do something, you know, to do something. And it's like I'm thinking in my head like, shit, like, do I really have to, you know, but um but I was always uh, taught to just say yes, you know, and each time I've done that and taken an opportunity that presents itself, I have, uh, I've never regretted it, you know, because if someone's coming up, coming up to me and asking me, um, giving me an opportunity for my recovery, you know, it's happening for a reason, you know, and um, Maybe there was something that I needed to be paying attention for to hear. Maybe it was something I was going to say that was going to relate to someone who had been struggling. I don't know. I don't know which way it's going to work. It always works different ways in AA. That's the beauty of it. There's no one person that has all the solutions. You know, it's uh, it's a team effort and a bunch of people grouped together with the, with the same goal, you know. And, and as you get people together, all of a sudden God enters, right? And there's opportunities. So... I'm always just looking for opportunity. You know, I don't run around and, you know, out in the free world uh, telling everyone I'm in sobriety if, if they don't want to hear it and stuff like that, you know, but um, if an opportunity presents itself, you know, I'm never going to hide that. You know, if it's, um, if it's an opportunity for me to relate to someone, um, then I will definitely jump on that, you know, and, um, and maybe it's just to listen, you know, maybe it, uh, maybe it's just to listen to someone, you know, maybe it's to pay attention to the guy that's, that's homeless that everyone, uh, that walks down the street and everyone runs over to the other side, you know, cause I've been there, you know, like, um, 
And I've got to remember that, you know, it's another way of staying out of complacency is like remembering that like, I am no better than anyone. I am no like further along than anyone. I am no more immune to this disease than anyone. And I never will be, you know, and there is no, like, I, I need to be open to suggestions. I need to, uh, be able to listen to what people are saying, you know, and, um, and be alert, you know, and, and nowadays with everything going on with opiates, heroin, fentanyl, all the crazy stuff, you know, it's like, um, there's a lot of opportunities to try and reach out, you know, and, um, and try and be helpful and, uh, and to let people know about Narcan and just to, um, you know, to really let people know that there's, uh, even if they're not ready, that, uh, if the time comes and they feel like they have a tiny bit of motivation to do something different, that, uh, that there's an outlet to do that. Right. And there's, a uh, and there's a program waiting for them as long as they're able to make it. And hopefully they can, right? And hopefully they can be safe until then. Um, but it's dangerous out there, you know, and the drugs are getting worse and everything's mixed with fentanyl and there's a, that crank stuff. Uh, it's, it's just, it's insane what's, what's going on out there. You know, it's super dangerous. And I feel like, uh, I feel like all of us have to be alert for the opportunity to try and help someone, you know, and, and you never know, um, when it's going to be the right time to reach out to someone, you know, you never know. Uh, I know a lot of people at uh, different parts of my addiction pretty much wrote me off as like, Oh, I, you know, there's no point in even trying to attempt to help that guy to get sober, but eventually it did work for me, you know, and you never know when that day is going to come for someone else. You know, you can't count anyone out. Everyone, everyone is always worth a little bit of time and energy to try and help everyone, you know, even if they portray that uh, they are no way interested in stuff like that, because that's how I always was too, you know, and I know that deep down there's, uh, there's more going on than, than what they express, you know, because there always was with me. It's the only reason why I know that, you know, and in the bottom here, it says just for today, as I keep growing in my recovery, I will search for new ways to practice my program. I think this is huge. I, I think, um, you know, I, I think I kind of touched on it, but just get involved, you know, go have some fun, go to some of these dances, go to some of these retreats, the events, barbecues, meet some new people, you know, get involved in H and I take a panel into somewhere, you know, it, um, it was so amazing for me to start doing H&I because I was always on the other side of that, you know, to where I was in treatment or jail and someone was coming in, bringing an H&I panel, you know, bringing some hope. And, um, and I was always on the other side of that, you know, and when I finally got to be one of the people coming in on the panel and able to share my story and then leave, it's like, I, I really started to understand like, uh, the changes that have taken place, you know, and, um, and kind of how far that uh, I have come since, since the beginning, really, you know, and I would say also, you know, go to new meetings, meet, meet different people. If you don't like some of the meetings you're going to switch it up, you know, there's different programs, there's different meetings, there's in-person, there's Zoom, you know, get a new commitment. It's going to make sure you're there every week, you know, just that little bit of extra 
you know, just responsibility, a little bit of accountability, you know, it's sometimes it's just that, like when I have equipment, it's just that extra push to get me in the door. And once I'm in the door, you know, I always leave feeling better, but sometimes it takes that extra push, you know. And I was talking about complacency. Uh, I was looking up ways to get out of complacency. And it's interesting because a lot of times when you look up stuff like this with recovery, it's like, you'll see like, some of the basic stuff that we all kind of know, you know, it, it always says like meetings and journal. I, I thought it was interesting that it said exercise and gratitude list. I think that um, exercise has helped me out so much mentally, you know, and, um, and I know also that like, it's not something I replace my program with, but something I add to, you know, I, it feels so good to walk out of there. It's a huge stress reliever for me. It's a huge, um, keeps my anxiety down. You know, it just helps me out a lot. And I think the gratitude list is very important. And I, I don't know how realistic it is to like stop in the middle of like, let's say like your work day and like grab a, you know, pen and look for like a piece of paper and start writing down this huge gratitude list, you know, but I think it is very important to remember where you were at, you know, because if there's times where I start to get complacent and I'm kind of starting to like, for me, it looks like this. It's like, uh, I've been sober for a few years now and you know, I start to look at my situation. I'm like, man, like, I really wish, like, I feel like I should have my degree by now, you know, and I, I feel like I, uh, you know, I feel like I should be further along in my career, maybe should be making a little bit more money. And, the, you know, I start to get like down on myself, right? Kind of critical of what's going on. And like, sometimes I have to stay, take a step back and go like, dude, like, you're always in jail. Like, you're always in hospitals. You're always overdosing. Like, you're normally like so underweight and sick that like you look like you're gonna die like you did die from an overdose like remember that like um you had nothing going on in your life you had no license no car no real friendships no relationships like you were the loneliest person ever like you were constantly just depressed and down like i i sometimes it takes me taking a step back to really look at that and go like you know what, like, maybe I'm just where I need to be. Like, maybe I'm okay with like the whole school thing and the career thing. Like, you know what, I'm actually just happy just to be sober at this point, living in the present, you know, like, sometimes that's what it takes for me. So that's kind of my idea of like a gratitude list is like, um, is just giving me a dose of reality of like, dude, like, you can sit here and like, be complaining to yourself in your own head about like where you should be, could be this and that, and like try and compare yourself to other people. But like at the end of the day, like you need to be a grateful, like not only that you're alive, but like you're also sober, you know? And, and as long as you're sober, you have a chance at, uh, at getting anything accomplished as long as you put the hard work in, you know, but sometimes I just need to take a step back and look at that. So, so that's all I got for the complacency episode. I just want to say again, I hope everyone has a safe 4th of July. I hope you have a good time. I hope you get to see family, friends, whoever it is you are visiting. And I hope that you are able to stay sober. I hope you have a plan for uh, if it's your first holiday and you're going into a situation, you know, and um, I hope you can either bring someone that's sober or, or be ready to leave if uh if it gets to that point, it becomes necessary. So stay safe out there and have a great night. Thank you guys.